I warn you, leave haunted Isle and never return. The phantom has spoken. <laughs> Did you see that? Mikey <laughs> went through the wall. Non-stop. There's a very logical explanation for all this. Quick, tell me. The place is haunted. <laughs> Welcome back to Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Ethan Brundine, and each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. My guest this week is Simon Sweeney, and the episode that we are discussing is Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Episode 2 or 3, Hassle in the Castle. Simon, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Glad to be back. Thrilled. Happy to have you here. Um, famously, the last time that you were here was the first episode of Scooby-Doo that you had ever seen. That is yes? true. Yes. The Diabolical Disc Demon. Yes, uh, indeed. Um, so my question is, <laughs> in the past however many months, have you watched more? Have you gone back and, and done the whole thing? I have not. This was the second episode of Scooby-Doo I have ever watched. Oh my goodness. Yes. Second ever. I have seen, I've seen the movies, though. I probably mentioned that in the last one. But... Sure. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Live action ones. Not, on, not Scoob. I haven't seen Scoob. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be okay. I'll get to Scoob. I don't... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I never watch Scoob, and it just you know. It's... Well, you can't really watch Scoob unless you have the background of everything that Hanna Barbera has ever made, so that you can really be uh, enthralled by all the cameos and everything. So you got That's a lot true. of a lot of homework to do before you can make it to that they, for they, sure. Um, you know, my my Hanna Barbera IP experience kind of begins and ends with Simon Cowell. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I were to say the words to you, Captain Caveman, does that? It, it wouldn't. It, is that another name for Simon Cowell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> okay, his, good. That's how they introduced him on that show. <laughs> Excellent. It's like a Shark Tank as Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> um, um, as I mentioned, this is either the second or third episode of Scooby Doo ever, depending on who you ask. Because it was the second one in the production order, but the third one that they ever aired. So, um, like, on home video, it is second. Like, if you press play all, it's the second one you'll ever watch. But I think on, like, HBO Max, it's the third one. So yeah. it could be either. Um, but either way, truly could not get more of a classic episode of Scooby-Doo than this. Um, so how did you... How did we come across this how did we end up selecting this one to discuss um i believe 
what happened is that you said you want to come back on the podcast, and I said, sure, I would love to. And you said, uh, do you know anything about anything enough to choose <laughs> an episode? And I said, I absolutely do not. And you said, well, there's some, well, there's some things you like in the Scooby-Doo realm. And I said, I would love to see a ghost and maybe a castle. And then you found an episode that has a ghost and a castle. And it was, it was very helpful. Yeah, I got both of those in one. Um, pretty big W on my part. Um, yeah. Really, I mean, look, if you want a ghost, this is a ghost. <laughs> like, like, he's a ghost. He's very spooky. Definition. Yeah, he's, he's making little, little woo noises and, and, and going through walls mm-hmm. and spooking people and making ham sandwiches. It's, it's mm-hmm. a lot. It's very good. It's very scary stuff. Um, you know, we, we, we got into your background the last time, I'm sure, so we might as well just talk about the plot of Hassel in the Castle, right? And Yeah, absolutely. So it starts where you're really, really just classic um, intro kind of thing where we're, we're on this spooky island and, uh, and there's this castle in the fog and there's a... a, a big old white sheet ghost you know like if you picture in your mind halloween ghost that's what he looks like and he's at the top of this tower looking out into the fog with a spyglass and you got the the classic uh score swelling behind him just really uh atmospheric introduction um i know you said that you like gothic horror which this clearly is i mean you can't really just will shake you to your bones i think how scary this is it's very frightening i had to watch it uh you know in the daytime mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, open up all the windows so you get a good glare yeah. on your tv yeah i need i needed to be very sure that the tv what was happening wasn't real mm-hmm. otherwise I just get it confused but this is kind of our first clue that there's something else going on because I've never seen a ghost use a spyglass before. Doesn't seem no. like something that they would need. No. Um, but the gang are out in the ocean on a boat, you know? Um, no mystery machine. Yeah. Can't, it's not can't... explained how they got there. How'd they get in the ocean? They just went on, they're, they're going for a boat ride. And uh, Daphne's like, this Who is a... Re- a boat? <laughs> Uh, it's like, like 16 yeah I mean, and it's dog. A, yeah and it's a nice boat too it's not like a like a little yeah, dinghy it's, it's, it's got fred, like a cabin and everything fred seems capable he seems to know what he's doing on the boat yeah i'm sure he's an eagle scout sure yeah yeah um but yeah they're they do point out that they picked a terrible time to go for a boat because it's at like a boat ride because it's nighttime and in the middle of the fog <laughs> like i believe uh i i wrote down daphne's line which is uh she says you sure picked a spooky day to go boating freddy mm-hmm. and, you know, she he did he did and it, it, it's all on him it's spooky. <laughs> uh, um 
Yeah, Velma is like, like Fred's like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, she and- explains science. <laughs> I was like, did this start out as more of an educational? I was like so scared that she was just going to be explaining science the whole time. But then yeah. they just call her a nerd, basically. Yeah. She uses a word that doesn't, that's not even a real word. She she says it's uh, a case of nubulation, which I looked up in Merriam-Webster's and uh, and. Oxford Dictionary, and neither of them recognize that as a word that exists. So, um, but this is something I think about a lot when it comes to people writing old shows like this. Is like if you wanted to write a smart character, you'd have to like go to the library or something and check out a book on the subject. <laughs> I know. Or you so, can just say nubulation. Yeah, like that sounds right. I guess. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I, there's another episode I remember in in this old series where they go to an archaeology museum and archaeology is misspelled the whole time <laughs> and it's just like well you tried your best um uh but uh there's a, a bit where, where she says like um where she says we're lost in a fog and then shaggy pops his head out and goes you buzzed <laughs> and i'm like like the the reputation for him just being a stoner is there from the very beginning. Like that's, <laughs> there's not many ways that you can interpret that. No, I, no idea. Wow. Especially because he goes downstairs to make a sandwich, a super shaggy yeah. sandwich. Big sandwich. Uh, Sounds disgusting. Yeah, it's a triple double decker marshmallow and sardine sandwich. And it looks like a bunch of uh, pieces of bread and lettuce in alternating layers. Mm-hmm. Which it looks exactly the same as the ham sandwich. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would truly be just gray slop if it was sardines and marshmallows. I would guess. Um, be very unappetizing. <laughs> um. So they do inevitably crash on this island, um, which is home to Vasquez Castle, an old pirate hideout. Um, so a pirate castle, not even just a castle, a pirate castle. I can't get more like pulpy adventure story scenario than on an, on an island marooned on an island with a pirate castle. Just really cool stuff. Um, but uh, Scooby-Doo gets distracted by a crab. Um, and that was something that I really noticed because we've been doing a lot of newer Scooby-Doo stuff um, recently on Heavy Metal is how much in these old shows he's really just like a dog. <laughs> you know? like yeah. He doesn't have a lot of lines. He's kind of no. just a I dog. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he doesn't... He, I didn't think he talked at all when he like kind of talks at one point, but it's very... It's much more barking sounding than yeah. words sounding it's like pigeon english or whatever yeah. um very much does not speak in full sentences with the subject and predicate as he would later develop the ability yeah. to do um so yeah, he's chasing after this crab and it's got a map on its back uh but we do learn that scooby-doo is able to read yes if we even do. if Rudimental. He recognizes yeah. the letters, but he doesn't seem to know what the, much of what they uh, they mean. But yeah. I guess he does because he he tells Fred. He's like he indicates to Fred that he needs to look at the other side because the map does say danger 
leave at once or whatever. Um, which means, you know, for most people, you get marooned on an island. You're going to try to figure out how to fix your boat first and foremost, right? Like that would be your goal is to get off of this island so you can get home safely. Unquestionably. Especially if you found a warning message saying that there's danger at foot. Telling I'd be you scared. To leave. Yeah. Yeah. But not Mystery Inc. They find this message and that tells them that there's a mystery to be solved on this island. Absolutely. And that is priority number one. It's to solve this mystery. Ghosts and fog be damned. Do you believe in ghosts, Simon? Uh, not. I mean, not really. But uh, you know, I'm open to the idea. Sure. If I was encountered with this, I would probably be like, "This is probably not a real ghost." But uh, healthy skepticism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very diplomatic answer to to be like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I could. I'm far be it for me to, uh, to go. There's no way ghosts exist. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, but you know. Well, I mean, I was raised by my uh, skeptical friends, uh, you know, Fred, Daphne, and Velma, and of they, course, they, um... they are always exposing these ghosts as <laughs> some dudes. So there's no reason for me to believe that ghosts exist. No, but there are certainly like, lots. Dude, of... I could go take off his mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it'd be fine. There's always a mystery. Um, so we go to Vasquez Castle, and just something that is always the case with these old "Where Are You?" episodes is the hand-painted backgrounds. They're just impeccable. Just some of the most um, like moody, atmospheric um, settings for these mysteries. Um, and it's always fun to see how much work they put in onto on the backgrounds, and then the very rough animation style for the actual like characters um but uh i do think it adds a lot of gravitas to it having the hand-painted cells um just looks just looks more timeless that way it looks quite good i think yeah yeah so they say that vasquez the pirate sailed in 1612 and used this castle as his hideout and there may be treasure somewhere on the island. Um, which is just, I mean, too good an opportunity to pass up. You know? No, you gotta look for that. Yeah. You get stuck, you might as well pick up a shovel and start digging. Yeah. Um, Fred does a... Have we gotten to where Fred goes on like a little monologue about how um, their first obligation is to solve the mystery? And I'm like... I just want to like give this guy a wedgie. Yeah, he says that they they can't leave for three reasons. Number yeah. one is that a ghost <laughs> will not scare them away. Yeah. <laughs> Number two is that why would why would someone be trying to scare them off the island? That's peculiar. And then number three is that their boat is marooned. <laughs> and Jackie's like, I only care about the third one. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, come on. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Shut up, Fred. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, um, but as they're just wandering around this castle, Daphne immediately falls through a trapdoor on the floor. And um, we get uh, treated to a real 
spooky laugh from the the ghost of Vasquez Castle, um, who doesn't really have a name. Like he's not the ghost of Vasquez the pirate because they don't identify him that way. He's kind of just like the phantom or the ghost or whatever. Um, but he's got a really good, strong laugh, I think. Um, like, very, very spooky yes. in a good way. Um, Daphne keeps, or Velma keeps suggesting that it's only the wind, which is, um, I think, not possible for the wind to sound like this to all five of them at the same time, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> there, there, there's, it's, it's the wind. Like, I've heard wind before. In many different contexts. Lived in West Texas. A lot of wind there. Um, does not make... <laughs> does not, like, re- like vacillate between different pitches and, and, and react with humor to people saying things. <laughs> the wind does not do this. In my experience, at least. Um, which, which Shaggy points out. He's like, I, I've never heard the wind have a sense of humor before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they um they have Scooby Doo once again, being a dog, uh, he has a nose that <laughs> can sniff things out. Um, really weird that they like, like by like, nineteen, because this is nineteen sixty nine. So by like the late seventies, they completely abandoned using him as like a tool. Like he doesn't, they don't have him sniff things out ever really again, which is weird because like. Why else would you have a dog on your mystery solving team than to have him search for clues? Like to that be your is friend. That's true. That's fair. He's He's not a utility, he is a friend, of he's course. A, he talks. He's like a he's a person in many yeah. ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you had a metal it's detector. Not like there's any less, yeah. yeah. It's not like there's any more reason to keep Shaggy around. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Shaggy can eat sandwiches. So and so can Scooby Doo. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You're right. You're right. We we love Scooby Doo. We love Scooby Doo. Um, so while they are investigating, we see Daphne uh, down in the dungeon. Um, who's going to use her superpower, which is her womanly intuition, to uh, to escape. Um, you don't hear much about. Womanly intuition. Womanly intuition anymore. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not so present. Yeah, but it was a thing that people talked about, you know. But now, I guess maybe they just assume that, um, you know, women are Everyone just smart enough to. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah like, and they're just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah you don't need a, a term for why w- women could figure out like like identify their surroundings and then leave they can just you know use their their cognitive abilities um so yes yeah, so she uses her womanly intuition to figure out the right way to go um even though there is a ghost behind her that she does not intuit being there um and because this is the second episode, like they ever produced, um, like literally half of the uh, the opening credits come just straight from this episode. Like, like there's so many shots that they would use for the rest of the. Uh... I noticed that. 
I noticed the ghost because that was what I I knew was an image in the episode um, when he came up. Plus uh, the song. Yeah, the last time I watched the other episode we watched did not have the song that I knew, but this one did have the song that I knew. Yes, yes, we all know this song. Um, very good. Yes. Um, it's a good song. It is. It is. It's. It's. A, it is a classic, classic tune. Um, something that the Perhaps the diabolical disc demon would be obsessed with. Absolutely. Do miss that guy. That guy, I do miss him. He was, a, that's just a great image that I miss. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, this guy's pretty good too. We get another um, old, old school, like, joke that we don't get anymore, which is uh, they go up, like, Shaggy and Scooby are investigating. They find this talking skull. And they're like, where, where did, uh, where did, Daphne go, and uh, the skull says, "She went that away." Yeah, and they're like, "Thanks," and the skull says, "Sorry." Right. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah. The skull, the skull does do such a good line. Yes, that's a, that's it's very good. Which is one of those references that is lost to time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like that must have played so hard. <laughs> yeah, nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, some radio show or whatever, they do that, and it's like, wow, that is so funny that a skull would make that exact, would make that reference. That's what it, what a wacky thing. Um, but so, yeah, they go, they, they, they follow the skull's instructions, and uh, they find themselves in this back room, which is one of my favorite scenes where Shaggy's like, man, I am so scared. I'm so scared. What I really need is a sandwich and then a ham sandwich levitates out of the air in front of him and along with a tube of dijon mustard which he uses to make a a good looking sandwich and he goes man if this wasn't my imagination i'd be scared stiff (laughs) which is great shaggy is just really funny a really funny um character has great lines yeah i love that ham sandwich bit Especially when the the uh, axe comes down and, and cuts it for him. That's really good. It's a great button on the scene. Yeah, he runs away and then comes back and picks it up. Just classic. Good stuff. Um, but as he's running, uh, he does get clocked over the head by Daphne with a with a vase. Um, her you know, her womanly intuition couldn't figure out that this that he was not a ghost at that moment. Um, and. Uh, this is where we, we get the ghost actually speaking to the gang instead of just messing with them from afar. He, uh, he presents himself to them and, and does his laughter, and then he, his voice is much deeper than his laughter would, would suggest. Like, they do not seem to be coming from the same person. <laughs> and he tells them, you know, this is your warning. Leave Haunted Isle and never return. Um, Indeed. Which a great name for this island, Haunted Isle, I no, think. It tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah, it's like how when explorers back in the day would name things, they'd be like, oh, well, that's like Pine Tree Hill or something. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pine Tree. <laughs> scary room. Yeah. <laughs> point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, the... Uh, 
he starts running away from them for some reason. Like he turns their back and the, the boys are like, well, we got him. We can, we can overpower him. There's three of us. You know, we got two grown, like almost grown men and a, and a great Dane. We can, we can take care of this ghost real quick. So they go chasing after him and attempt to tackle him and they just go clear through him. And then he walks through a wall, which at this point, um, I had to break out my uh, blood pressure monitor to make sure that I wasn't getting too it's spooked. Scary. It's too scary. Yeah. It's very, very, it's frightening. It's very spooky. Um, I, I know that I was uh, really shaking in my boots watching it. Um, this is another really just great line where, uh, where Velma says, there's got to be a logical explanation for this. And Shank's like, what? She says, the place is haunted. So... They're all full. Even even you know, fog nubulation. Velma is is has has bit the apple here. We are we we are on haunted isle, and there's a real ghost floating around. I mean, you can go through walls, like only ghosts can do that. No, there's nothing else for it. So we do have a mystery to solve. So we got to go looking for clues. And Daphne finds a clue in a drawer. <laughs> that intuition. Oh man, it's just it's woman's it's girl sense gets her to uh, that drawer. Yeah, she just opens a drawer and picks out a giant key, like a two foot long Very brass key, key yeah. with a clue written on it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's <laughs> if they only go twenty two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I do love that. There's also literally not. There's not a single suspect in this episode. They don't no, meet that's, another that's person. What I was gonna bring up when we talk about the conclusion, um, of it. So I'll wait until then. Um, but uh, or I can just say it now. Uh, the the um. They they unmask the 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 perpetrator. Um and. And it just falls to the cop who's there to like explain who this guy is. Yeah, just <laughs> unlike most Scooby Doo episodes. I mean, I feel like I guess I I must have seen other Scooby Doo episodes because I have such a good idea of their format. Um, well, yeah, it's like a joke I, that they that yeah. you meet like one person and yeah, then that ends up yeah. being the and bad then, guy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they didn't they didn't meet this guy beforehand in the episode. He just, yeah, it, you just have to be like, okay, this is a guy everyone else knew about. <laughs> All the mystery solving they do is they find a giant key with a with a big clue written on it in a drawer, and they they they, they, they determine that it is not an actual ghost. That's what they accomplish, which is fine. That's good enough, I guess. That is good. That's give good. them a break. Now they know they, they got were, a guy to find. Yeah, they were under a lot of stress. Um, so the giant key reads, Second Passage of the Old Bell. And you're like, well, this is nonsense. But they decipher it very quickly. <laughs> where, uh, and it doesn't. It's not the sort of thing I would, I would move up to. No. Fred's like, well, there's not a bell in this building. Um, <laughs> Which he knows. <laughs> yeah. It's a giant castle. And he's like, this building does not have a bell. No, no, we know that for sure. And Velma's like, well, second passage. Maybe it's like passage of a book. It's like, okay. Then the book must be the old bell. That makes sense. It, and it all falls together. 
and the book is in the library. So let's go to the library. <laughs> and then immediate cut to the library, and Fred's like, well, here's the old bell. It's a book. So. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. They're, they're mastered. They're actually, they're really, really good mystery solvers Yeah. Um, in that way. So they open the book, they find the second passage, and in there they've underlined the words catacombs. And know-it-all Velma has another really great line here where she says, if my knowledge of history is correct, the catacombs must be in the basement. <laughs> She's like, wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> really, That's history for you. Really deductive <laughs> reason. Everything. <laughs> um, but before we go to the catacombs, we should take a quick break because we're at the halfway point of the episode to play a little game, Simon. All right. This game is called Scooby or Not Scooby. Okay. okay. And the way this game works is that each week I collect a series of titles, some of which will be of an episode of Scooby-Doo, and some of which will be something else. So the theme this week is because, you know, I wanted to pick something a little contemporary with with Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And just classic mystery stories. So is it an episode of Scooby-Doo or a Hardy Boys novel? Okay. Did you read the Hardy Boys as a kid, Simon? Uh, maybe maybe one book or two. They weren't they weren't my mystery solving um kind of crew of choice. Makes sense. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, I was really into the Bobsy Twins. You ever get into the Bobsy Twins? I've never read the Bobsy Twins. Those never guys are heard really them. really strong. They're good. Yeah. They're good. Um, I loved Hardy Boys. Loved Nancy Drew. Just that classic stuff. Um, sure. If I go back, I'm sure a lot of it is quite problematic at this point but you know i mean no that's pulp novels of the 20th century what are you gonna do what are you gonna do so let's try out <clears throat> the secret of skull mountain okay i'm gonna say that's a hardy boys this is a hardy boys and i do have a synopsis for each one um Every night, water strangely disappears from the Tarnak Reservoir near Skull Mountain, and Fred and Joe join forces with a team of skilled engineers to solve the baffling mystery. That one sounds very... Someone's stealing water. <laughs> yeah, crazy. This is, this is the, the interesting thing about all these, like, kids detective books is that like people can't get murdered really yeah so they have to come up with like crimes that yeah it's usually like embezzlement is the biggest yeah. that they'll they'll yeah. get to <laughs> um the headless horseman of halloween Ooh, calling this for scooby it is scooby i was trying to trick you wow um in Sleepy Hollow, the gang invests the legendary headless horseman when he shows up on Halloween. <laughs> that's that's good. Got that from the the title. <laughs> it's, it's all there. Scooby Doo promise. Uh huh. The mystery of the Chinese junk. This has to be our. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that one's that one's great. Yes, this is uh, the Hardy Boys. The Hardys purchase a Chinese junk, which is a type of boat apparently, named the Hai Hao, to ferry passengers to Rocky Isle and make some extra money. Four mysterious men are also interested in the boat because of the treasure hidden inside the Hai Hao. All right, all right. Mystery in Persia. 
has to be Hardy Boys. Oh, this is an episode of Scooby Doo. Ew, good for them. In which Scooby in the gang, along with Genie and Babu of I Dream of Genie, uh, help a prince battle the evil spirit that was let out of the bottle. There you go. Wow. Don't go near the Fortress of Fear. Hmm. Let's say Scooby Doo. Yes, that classic rhyming scheme. The gang head to Puerto Rico for a holiday. They visit an ancient fortress where the ghost of General Juan Carlos guards the El Moro Fortress and warns them to stay away. I had not realized they traveled so much. They eventually they they go somewhere new like every week. Um, danger on Vampire Trail. Scooby. The Hardy Boys and their two oh. friends Chet and Biff <laughs> take a <laughs> camping trip. It's always just Chet and Biff. <laughs> a camping trip to the Rocky Mountains to attempt to find a locate to attempt to locate a gang of credit card counterfeiters. <laughs> so, on <laughs> the Vampire Trail. <laughs> I'm bad at this, but the vampire. I didn't know that they ever uh, they ever went into business with uh, vampires. It could very well just be the name of the location. I think, um, just, yeah, just to spice it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, got two left. Okay. The Phantom of the Country Music Hall. Surely Scooby Doo. Yeah, the kids are going to meet their friend Jerry Reed at the Grand Old Country Music Hall, but when they get there, they can't find him. Wow. Yeah. That's the whole. That's the. Whole <laughs> yeah, that's the synopsis. There he goes. <laughs> and is Jerry Reed in it? Yes, he is. That's when they that was during their their series where they had actual guest stars. So that's, that's fun. Yeah. Last one. The Wishmaster's Key. I'm going to go Hardy Boys on this one. Yeah, in East Anglia, England, the Hardy Boys, Frank and Joe, are investigating one of the most unusual cases of their lives, involving burglary, witchcraft, and maybe even kidnapping. Soon they are caught in a battle for their lives against the forces of evil. That's crazy. <laughs> they fight the forces of evil? I, I mean, interpret that however you will, I guess, but that is what it says. <laughs> I got that from Scholastic.com, so... <laughs> um, I need to get in on this. Yeah, that one sounds very good. <laughs> so, uh, back to Hassel in the castle. The entire uh, uh, Old Bell situation basically could have not happened at all. It could have just been a giant key that they found the door for because they immediately find a key hole in the catacombs, like just a giant key hole that they're like, well, the key should fit this. Um, but I do appreciate them doing a little bit of investigating, you know, like, like figuring out clues and stuff. That's, that's good. I appreciate them doing that. Absolutely. So they open this door and, um, they're a little too spooked to go inside, right? They're like, well, there could be anything in there. It's catacombs. Could be like skeletons in there. So they they once again turn to their trusty friend, not not tool friend, Scooby Doo, to go in first, and he protests very much. Yeah, he uh, he makes a big show out of being infirm. He is not able to go in. He is unwell. 
and uh, they um, they offer him a Scooby snack, which he negotiates up to three Scooby snacks, um, which I love. Like already by episode two, they're like, "Well, just one isn't gonna cut it. He's got to have got to yeah three. That's enough." It's a sliding scale, you know. It's like, hey, do you want to go into the into the castle? Well, that's one Scooby snack. Do you want to go into the catacombs? That's three Scooby snacks, um, which they all understand the way this works. So, so they go snack system. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, continue, continue. So they go into the into the into the room at the bottom in the catacombs, and Scooby Doo finds a magician's hat with a rabbit in it um which i do love that <laughs> like they like in throughout the room is all sorts of magicians equipment you know they got like as shaggy calls it a saw him saw him in two box and uh like <laughs> a, a uh, like a levitating table you know like a vanishing cabinet all these different things and, and a hat so i i do love the idea that a, a traveling magician would also keep a rabbit on hand in the hat at all times, just in case he has to do a trick. You know, no, never know who might show up. Um, did you, or were were you a magic kid? Did you do magic tricks? Uh, not really. I got like a little bit into card tricks, maybe for a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, never really a uh, uh, like rabbits and hats. Type of sure, that's that's pretty thing. elaborate. Yeah, yeah. Um, not 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 even graduating to like pulling scarves out of your mouth or something. No, no, not not really my thing. I never even was that into card tricks, but that's just like my only. That's my kind of my only interaction with uh, yeah attempting to do. I maybe had like a kid's like do magic at home book or something. Yeah, I had a friend when we were in middle school um, who got really into card tricks. And he was really good at them. Um, and we would go to, like, if we would go on, like, a school trip or whatever, this would be his go-to to, like, you know, impress girls or whatever, you know. It's before he discovered that he could later play the guitar, and that would be more, you know, more guaranteed than now that. sleight of hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he would do card tricks, and, and I, I'm not saying that this was not an asshole move on my part. But I would always figure out how he would do it, and then be like, "Okay, well, that, well, you just you have the you have the card like hidden behind your thumb or whatever," and he'd be like, "Shut up, shut up, dude, <laughs> dude, dude, you're, dude, dude, you're, gonna, you're not gonna like me." Yeah, they're not gonna be impressed by by pick pick a card, any card. <laughs> so, so that was that's my experience with with sleight of hand and that sort of thing. Um, I would I would be the Velma in this scenario. Um, be talking about the noob nubulance. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so the rest of the game comes in now that Scooby has scoped the place out, and uh, they they start to hear the creepy laughter once again. Um, so the gang goes and hides in a closet, and they do. Very poor job of hiding because the ghost is immediately right behind them. And he says, uh, Now you will pay. Which raises a great point, a great question, because in all these old Scooby Doo's, they're usually being threatened by 
the, the, the villain, you know, the, the, the monster, you know, saying, you know, you better watch out or whatever. You better go away or else I'll get you. Um, but because it's a children's cartoon, the monster very rarely ever actually does anything, right? Um, especially in this case that it is a literal intangible threat. Like it, like it literally cannot touch them. <laughs> um, but needless to say, they are spooked. They are scared by the ghost um, in this scenario. So they kind of they run away, and we get a really great sequence here um, of just bits, just just classic bits here, where Shaggy gets caught up in the sawman two box, right? Like he's he's lost in there, and uh, and a a saw comes down and starts chopping him in two, and Thelma's just watching this happen. She does not make an attempt to um, to you know move the saw away, but she is clearly petrified with fright. You're watching the mortal terror of your best friend be be sawed in half in front of her, especially whenever he his head comes off. Really scary. Really scary stuff. Absolutely. Um And then she does recognize that it is in fact just a dummy head. And that Shaggy's just waddling around in the in the short half of the the box. Um then Fred and Daphne hop on a magic carpet, um, which appears to be real because Fred offers up an incantation and just starts, you know, floating away. Um, but then Scooby-Doo does ruin that by trying to climb on when there's clearly not enough space for both of them. And, uh, and he would also ruin a great moment between, you know, Freddie and Daphne. Um, you know, read the room, bud. But... Uh, there's a funny bit where Scooby-Doo gets caught up in the in the carpet and then like wraps on a door with it like wearing it like a shawl and then Fred and Daphne open it and are just disturbed by the sight of him wrapped in the thing and close it back. Um, I guess because they think he's like a grotesque old woman based on, on his appearance. Um... Which is interesting on their part. So, time has come. You know, we, we, we're making we're making headway in this mystery. Velma, after seeing all this magic stuff, is is pretty sure she's got it figured out. So, we, time has come for the first time for Fred to devise a trap to capture the monster. I don't know if you know this, absolutely, Simon, because you are Scooby Doo neophyte, but this is. This is Fred's thing. He is I've, the trap I've, guy. I've heard of traps. He makes the traps. It's, it's his favorite thing in the world. It's all he cares about. It's good to make a trap. And he uh, makes a very elaborate Rube Goldberg machine out of a suit of armor, cannonball, old spring, and like some bellows and stuff. Um, lots of medieval weaponry scenarios that it's going to like each thing's gonna lead into each other, and then they'll capture the ghost in a bucket. Um, again, they seem to not be thinking about the fact that the ghost can walk through walls, and that they could not touch him. You know, I don't think that a bucket could contain a ghost in that manner, but <laughs> they make the trap anyway. Um, and they need someone to be the bait, to lure the ghost out. 
So they get Scooby-Doo to you, Lorat the ghost, which using his nose, and he does another bit where he pretends to have a cold so he can't smell, smell anything, right? And, um, and uh, they convince him anyway, and they, but Shaggy points out, well, how do we know that the ghost is going to chase him? He's just a dog, right? Ghosts don't chase dogs. Fred says, don't worry, we have a solution for that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Fred has a solution, which is, we're going to dress Scooby-Doo up as a human man. (laughs) So that he can entice the ghost, (laughs) Jason. (laughs) And they put him in a trench coat, and a bowler hat, and a mustache. Which, those are the markers of a human person, I think. Like... All the people I, that I know wear that. If I see someone with a trench coat and a mustache, I'm probably going to think that they're a human man. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a good point. It wouldn't occur to me if they were a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Scooby's again being a little cowardice, and, and, Shaggy, and Fred's like, well, I know how I can, I can you know, encourage him. I can list off his heroes. Right. Rin, yeah, Rin Din Din. <laughs> yep, yep, not Rin Din. I was like, that's weird, on Fred's part. Rin Din Din. Um, even if it were Rin Tin Tin, another like reference that is fully archaic at this point. Is Rin Din Din a real a real thing? Was that like was there a real knockoff Rin Tin Tin, or is it just a? Uh... Well, let's find out. Rin... No, it doesn't. It doesn't seem so. Rin. Maybe there was a copyright issue. I don't know. I mean, Rin Tin Tin, of course, is the of uh, course is the silent film star. <laughs> yeah, we all love that guy. Uh, and then he lists off Lassie, of course, of course, a more timely reference at the time in the 1960s. That's right. <laughs> um, but but Scooby's like, nah, this is doing nothing for me. So then Fred says, John Wayne he loves John Wayne. Scooby loves John Wayne. Right, right? <laughs> like he, yeah. very All excited. Right. He's got. What do you yeah. think's his favorite? Is he seen? What's he seen? What's he like? Yeah, probably. Um, uh, he's he's a big Rooster Cogburn fan. Yeah, he's, he's true great. He's into the, he's into the Searchers, mm-hmm. like the classic stuff. Not the, the not the lowbrow, you know, like the high and the mighty or something. He's not into that or whatever. No, no, no. It's he's he's got like real Bravo. He's exactly rolling with. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Um. So he he's very excited about being John Wayne. He goes and starts. He's kind of walking like a Western hero. You know, almost like. Like he's got the posture of if he had some guns and, on his belt, and it's crazy because he's definitely dressed up uh, as John Wayne. Yeah, exactly. He looks exactly <laughs> like him. Right? So, if I like, yeah, in my head, that's what John Wayne looks like. Yeah. So, yeah, he goes and he, uh, they have like a western standoff, him and the ghost, um, and then he sort of gets his attention by doing like nana nana boo boo kind of thing, you know, just like making raspberries and noises at him. Um, so he chases him. They kind of run around in circles. It's the first in- introduction of the uh, Scooby-Doo doors, you know, that classic, uh, like, trope of um, you know, running in a door and coming out of a different one. They don't... Uh, it, that originates here. Um, 
I don't know if that was done in like cartoons before this, probably the Looney Tunes thing, but like this is the first time it's ever done in Scooby-Doo, and that is the place where it is most commonly attributed is Scooby-Doo. Um, so they, uh, they do that, and then they end up back in the trap room, and Scooby-Doo, unfortunately, trips on the tripwire and gets caught up in the trap. Um, but it's all fine, because he just ends up falling on top of the ghost's head. And uh, ghost is now a physical being <laughs> um, out of nowhere. Like, he's just a guy in a, in a, in a sheet. And they, uh, they've got him, right? And then, yeah, as, we, as you said, we cut to the police who showed up. And he's just... Like, yeah, we, we saw the fog, you know, cut through, and uh, we saw your boat here, so we were like, we should investigate, see if everything's okay. And wow, you caught this guy that we've been looking for. <laughs> um, now, here's something. So they, yeah, the, he reveals him, he explains his backstory, and then he does, like, a whole thing where he's like, you're going to jail, buddy. Now, I don't understand what he did wrong. I think that here he does. He has not actually done committed Anything a crime illegal. at all. Yes, yeah. yes, because that's what I was. He's like, this guy has been, uh, kind of, you know. He says he that he is doing all this in six stuff. states. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, okay, so he's he's, he's in, done the other stuff elsewhere. Because I was conf- I was like, I don't think it's a crime to pretend to be a ghost. I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he he describes him as an ex magician who is wanted in six states. So we don't. He's done. He's done horrible, horrible things somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> he's not sure of what his crimes are, but he is a fugitive of the law, and the gang have discovered him here on this island. And they're like, well, what is he doing here? And it's clear that he's looking for this treasure that everyone knows is probably here. Um, Bluestone the Great is his name. Um, and Fred's like explaining how he did. He's like, yeah, we know he floats with trick wires or whatever, but we don't understand how he can walk through walls. And the magician guy's like, well, I mean, I can show you. <laughs> and the cop's like, yeah, whatever, sure. Yeah, yeah, this is what's good. He like does a whole lecture on uh Yeah explaining the magic. He shows how he does this trick with uh with projectors and trick mirrors. Uh which like he stands in front of the the, the projector and that shows him him as if he's really there, and then when he steps away from the mirror, it appears as if he has walked through a wall. And they're like, Wow, that's cool. And Scooby Doo thinks he's found the treasure. But it is, in fact, just a gopher. And that's the end of Hassle in the Castle. No treasure. Now, before we can rank this on our tier list, Simon. Of course. We have to play a little game called Jinkies or Stinkies. My favorite. And the way this game works is that each week I collect a series of five stories or facts related to a topic in the episode. Some of those will be true, which are jinkies, which was not said in this episode. Some of them nope. will be fake, which and are neither was, um Neither was the meddling kids. He doesn't say it. That's true, too. That's true, too. Oh, the other the other weird formal uh, thing about this episode is that there's there's a laugh track. And I, yes. I didn't know that when all did, of the uh, old "Where Are You" episodes have a laugh track. Um, pretty, pretty funny. To tell, well, it's, it's helpful. It tells you when to laugh. <laughs> it's, sometimes it's like not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's like Shaggy be like, oh, I'm a little scared right now. <laughs> the <laughs> adult audience yeah. will be like, yeah, well, that's funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, the topic that I chose here, um, because all of the all of the tricks in this episode were done with illusions, I've, I've found five stories about illusionists through history. So it's up to you to tell me if it's real or fake. So, one of the most classic stage illusions is the act of sawing a woman in half. Usually done by having two separate women in a trick box, one crouches while the other extends their legs. However, Herman the Great, a magician from the 1910s, had a more elaborate version of this trick, where he decapitated a woman and then split her into four pieces, only to put her back together again. To do this, he had the assistant slip into a trap door instead of a box, then he decapitated a dummy head, and had two very skinny contortionists hiding in the first two compartments with only their arms hanging out. The legs were completely fake and immobile. After putting it all back together, the model would re-emerge from the trap door to reassure the disturbed crowd. During one performance in London, the theater owner was so shocked he called a policeman from the street to arrest him. But the policeman showed up in time to see the fully intact woman and instead gave the theater owner a scolding for wasting his time. Is this a jinky or stinky? Jinky. Stinky. I made that one up. Damn. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. I lost my, my perfect record. Gone already. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You can, you can redeem yourself. I'll try. The bullet catch is one of the most famous and oldest tricks in the magic world, going back literally hundreds of years. It's typically done by secretly swapping out the bullet at the last second with a blank or wax bullet for your prestidigitation. But never one to do things simply or safely, David Blaine came up with a much more daring method for his 2016 show, Beyond Magic. He yelled a rifle in front of his open mouth that he would fire into his throat with a string. The idea was that the bullet would be caught by a hidden metal cup in his throat attached to his gums. However, in the live rehearsal, the cup came loose, and Blaine shot himself in the throat in front of a live audience at the MGM Grant. The cup took most of the blow, but Blaine was still rushed to the hospital with a laceration in his throat. Is that one a jinky or stinky? That's horrifying. I don't know if you would have mm -hmm. made that up. I'm going to go jinky. It is jinky. Really yeah, uh, sounds, uh, crazy. That's too crazy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you like kept doing it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Um, so stage magic is all a neat trick and everything, but it can never be re used for real practical applications beyond entertainment, right? Wrong. Jasper Maskelin was a illusionist by trade who was hired by the Allies in, w in World War II to use his skills to disguise strategic resources. His initial attempts to camouflage tanks came up short, but they were determined to put him to use. His grandest assignment? Make Alexandria Harbor disappear. With help, he created an entire duplicate harbor out of cardboard, which was constructed a few miles away in an uninhabited area. Then they made special lights that illuminated the decoy harbor while they turned out all of the lights in the real one. Finally, they lit off a few bombs of their own at the cardboard location to convince the Luftwaffe that the assault had already begun and to draw their fire. It worked. The Germans attacked the fake harbor for three nights in a row. 
Masklin helped save lives and was given a promotion for his contributions to the war effort. Stinky or stinky? I will go stinky. I think you made up the name Jasper Masklin. It is true. Uh, Wow. It's it's spelled M-A-S-K-E-L-Y-N-E. Masculine. Yeah. Yeah. Great magician name, though. Yeah. Yeah. He did did Um, good services. Yeah. So Chris Angel is one of the most successful illusionists of the 2000s, thanks to his hit show, Mind Freak. He was known for large, elaborate stunts, even if people often felt that he insulted his audience with how fake they appeared. One such example is, is his infamous Grand Canyon jump. The stunt? He would drive a car off a ramp into the Grand Canyon and then magically appear in a cage dangling from the helicopter above the gorge. An impressive stunt for sure, but the video, which played on Mind Freak, leaves much to be desired. Right as the car hits the ramp, an explosion obscures the screen and then dies down, showing Angel safely in the cage above the canyon. The car, however, is nowhere to be seen. It is clear that Angel was not given permission to crash a car into the Grand Canyon and decided at the last minute to cover up his stunt with a simple edit in the camera. The driver was not was even wearing a helmet the whole time, so there is no way of telling that it was actually Chris. Is that one a jinky or stinky? Uh... Uh, Jinky. Jinky, yes, that is true. Um, I watched the video, it's very ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so we have one left. You're at 50 50 right now. So this will determine if you come out positive or negative. Inarguably, one of the most famous illusionists of all time is David Copperfield. But the man who once made the Statue of Liberty disappear has fallen from the spotlight in recent years. The 65-year-old magician recently ended his Vegas residency, a long-running show criticized for being inexplicable and dumb. Nowadays, he has a TikTok account at the great David Copperfield, where he does illusions from the comfort of his own home, mostly close-up card tricks and like making things like his table disappear with a simple cut. Perhaps his greatest folly, however, was when he sold off his greatest tricks as NFTs. The biggest one, the Statue of Liberty trick, sold for 12 Ethereum, which at the time was worth just under $40,000. That NFT has since been stolen from the user's, uh, the owner's Coinbase wallet, perhaps the greatest trick pulled in the 21st century. Is that true, or did I make it up? I'm going to say you made it up. I did make that up. You're right. Yes. And come out on top, Simon. Great job, great job. So Thank you for playing. Smart. Of course. So one last thing before I let you go is we have to rank this episode on our heavy metal tier list. So there are five tiers. I'll start from the bottom. The rut row tier is the absolute worst of the worst, the bottom of the barrel. Then we have the Scooby Dumb tier for episodes we think are dumb. Right there in the middle of the road is the Just Another Mystery tier for episodes we don't think are bad, but don't do anything special. Then we have the Groovy tier for episodes that we like a lot, but just don't do enough to make it into the best of the best. The cream of the crop, the Golden Scoob tier. Simon, what are we thinking for Scooby-Doo, where are you? Episode 2 or 3, Hassle in the Castle. So I'm thinking this is, uh, it seems it's pretty good. Um, I think that with my single other uh, comparison point, mm-hmm. 
I don't really think that um it has really um it doesn't really have any great great visual ideas it seems <laughs> to me it looks good but um you know i'll give it some points for because it's got that fu- a fun and magician explained bit i would say it's probably in like the middle tier but i don't know if if maybe there's many scooby-doo episodes that are a lot worse than this no i think the middle of the road tier is good too um because like especially for scooby-doo where are you like this one is not i would say very special per se you know like it, it's kind of standard stuff um this wasn't even one that when i was a kid like i would watch this one very often for whatever reason but i do think it's good it has good moments for sure like the john wade sequence is very fun and of course the location is good um but yeah i don't think it's very special for sure um so yeah middle of the road just another mystery for hassle in the castle it's a good place to put very this good. Did you enjoy your second ever episode of Scooby-Doo? I did. I always enjoy. Scooby-Doo's got good vibes. Mm-hmm. I like watching them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think you will embark in more before the next time oh, you're in here? There's, there's just absolutely no way to know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll have to be on pins and needles here. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but <laughs> really, it's nothing against it. I just, I mean, I haven't, uh, as as people who will know me uh, know, I haven't watched uh, very many TV shows. Uh, I don't uh, at all. There's a lot. Um, so when I do watch one, it's uh, it's quite the event. So we'll see if I dedicate that to years of Scooby-Doo. Decades. <laughs> Um, very it could good. happen. It could. It could. We'll see. That could be your next hyperfixation. You never know. <laughs> Absolutely. It's always possible. <laughs> I'll pick up anything. Um, do you have anything that you'd like to plug for the people out there? Oh, boy. Uh, kind of not really. I don't really have anything uh, that I know of that, that's that's going on. Um, no. No, I don't. That's so sad. <laughs> um, yeah. We got this going on. You can tell people to listen to this. <laughs> I got this. Yeah, listen to this. I will tell people to listen to that. Uh, you know, I uh, yeah. You can listen to the I'm diabolical changed. disc demon. The last listen episode. to that. Yeah, so, yeah. Go did. watch that. And that's a really good episode. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. So yeah, uh, go check that out. Um, great. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at the Real Brundine. You can follow the show at Heavy Metal Pod on Twitter. Oh, um, sure. Sure, yeah. Sure, sure. yeah, follow me on Twitter. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. The, the, you said you had nothing to plug. The next, I didn't have anything to plug, <laughs> and then I forgot I didn't have anything real to plug, but I do have a Twitter account. Follow me on Twitter at HolyMaters. Like, uh, that says in uh, Maters and from Cars. The- I might... I might bleep that out. We'll see how how we feel when when I'm editing this. We'll see if if that's okay. You can't that's... you can't advertise for the movie cars. You have to bleep that out. No, I just mean that you 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 rejected my plug segment and then oh and then right 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 plugging your, even, your I Twitter. Didn't think. I think I always forget. Yeah, it's horrifying. No, no, everyone go follow. I've, just, I've disrespected the show. Go follow Simon. Follow his letterbox too. If you can find him on uh, the same same username. Mm-hmm. If you can find him on Instagram or somewhere else, follow him there. Maybe, I guess. maybe don't. <laughs> you won't. <be> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> we'll see and... if anyone random from the heavy metal fan base uh, gets into the Instagram account. But definitely, yeah, you're going <laughs> to discover following from like like Velma lovers two nine one. 
<laughs> like, well, I, I, I know where this came from. <laughs> I have massive respect for your fan base, but uh, okay, that's that's nothing against this. I mean, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I reach millions of listeners, so absolutely. You don't know, want to, uh, you know, want to keep them on your good side. Um, speaking of the listeners, thank you for listening to this. If you liked this episode, uh, tell your friends. Word of mouth is a great way to grow. Uh, podcasts about such niche topics as random episodes of Scooby-Doo. Um, you know, so yeah, tell your friends. Uh, you can subscribe to the RSS feed. It's a weekly show. Uh, and each week we cover a different episode of Scooby-Doo. Um, the guest is always different, but I'm always here. And as always, to all you meddling kids out there, remember, stay groovy. Hehehehe <laughs>